I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 151 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. I'm Corey. And Michelle. And I'm Carlos. And everybody's inappropriate. <laughs> That's the title. <sighs> did we name the show in the first 10 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> I think we did. We may have. I think we may have. We'll Good see. I'll tr- we'll try to live up to the name. Oh, man. Oh, please. The entire recording. All right. Well, we're back, guys. We are on the other side of a huge milestone, 150. (laughs) It is big. Well, some people thought it was and uh, others not so much. But nevertheless, we are now technically on the other side anyway. So here we go. Everybody doing well? Had a good weekend? Very good. Yeah. With the kids. I put up the Christmas tree. I mean, Jesus. we did burn down, so that's nice. How far yeah. are these fires from you, Michelle? Um, not super close, because I'm like on the west side. I'm by the airport. Like, part of another reason why I don't think I'll ever move away from the airport. Um, because when the world is like ending here, I can just hop on a plane and leave with my dogs. Question mark. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm close to the water, but it's, like, really alarming. Like, it happens every year, so it's, like, really scary. Um, a lot of my friends had to evacuate again, and that sucks. I'm mostly, like, really scared for my friends who had to, like, uh, who all have animals and stuff. Because, um, like, most of the animals, like, they've basically like not just like most of the people who have animals have brought their animals with them but um there are animals that are like in the uh the forests and stuff that are like coming out and trying to like find a place to go and that's scary for them too because like they have nowhere to go and um some of my friends like houses burned down so that really sucked Ouch. for them yeah um, that would that would suck yeah, so that's been really scary. And then um, we had the Thousand Oaks shooting, too. So it's just been a lot for, like, people out here. It kind of sucks. Um, so I, sure I hope really you don't get that big, ca- like, that big earthquake that they keep saying is coming. I sure hope that's not oh, yeah. this week. Well, the only thing I'm, like, that's, like, those are the things that make me nervous because I live by the ocean. So, and I'm not, like, super high above sea level. So... 
that's scary because like it's not going to be tsunami level like it would have to be a significant um shake for that to happen but uh it is kind of alarming when those things happen because yeah. i'm close to the water so that's more <laughs> of a concern for me than the fires but you're gonna yeah. have to be really quick to get over to that airport and get out of there like within minutes uh, you have to get yeah. out yeah that's if, if it's a tsunami i'm dead Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's all over. But I'd rather I'd rather die that way though. In a tsunami? Like I mean, as opposed to like burning to death. Neither yeah. sounds appealing, to be honest. Yeah, but like I feel like being in a tsunami, like you probably the pressure of the water, like you'd be dead instantly. So I don't think I would like know. Yeah, and then people could say that you were swept away. It's, it's it's a better it's a better eulogy than he was burnt true. to a crisp. I mean, hey, true. Do we have do we have any tsunami victims in Star Wars? We you know we could ask them or we could ask Anakin. Which well, is worse? Um, Cassian Andor Cassian, and Jin. Cassian yep. and Jin. Was that water? or Was that sort of like nuclear? Well, yeah, burning? because they were standing yeah, on, on the, the beach, beach yeah. and then the bomb hit, and then the water is what blew them and like sh- like killed them the pressure hmm. that they were taken away in the water hey, we might get a chance to ask cassian speaking of cassian hmm. dun, dun, dun. yeah we'll, we'll we'll kick that to later that's that's <laughs> no nothing big there um so anybody have a collecting update this week before we uh plow ahead I, I you know what I said in the last episode. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I just uh, quick, quick. I said uh, last episode that I was done probably till Christmas, and then I spent the uh, majority of my week looking on eBay for sets that have been retired. <laughs> 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 like a oh wow, I always like dropped an enough bomb. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I didn't pick anything up, but I have a couple of things on my radar, and um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, well, things can you, are. Can you reveal? Can you reveal what's on the radar? No, I don't want anybody jumping in, swooping in, and 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 <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's the word that what's that term when people come in and the uh, last second just uh, bid? I don't. Uh, Part, uh, I know sniper. Yeah, snipers. Something like that. Yeah. Wow, you really think poorly of our listeners. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you do have like a couple day head start. Like they're not gonna immediately hear this and be like, "Ooh." Oh no, they will. Like, the patrons oh, no. will. They'll well, hear, yeah. They'll oh, hear this wait, in about yeah. three, four hours from That's now. That's true. I'm, That's I'm true. looking right at Kigo right yeah. now. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a that that would be a great joke though. Oh my goodness! If you had a couple hundred bucks kicking around, and you just mm. go and just snipe something right from right out from underneath somebody on eBay, oh, that would be fantastic. Shuttle Tidarium. Like, the Shuttle Tidarium is up there. Also, I, to just like. Price up you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh that's worse. Oh, I hate that. Ugh. Just to like f- you, they're gonna Whoop. just be like, "Oops, sorry," but but yeah, they're going to um bid you up. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Well, I've I've seen Shuttle Tidarium Lego. It's it's so nice. It's such a oh, yeah. nice big ship too. It's a great yep. one. Uh, so so that, that's, right, that, that's not at the top. That's not at the top, top of my list. It's just, it's one of those that's in my, my watch list right now, just in case I decide to, uh, 
I get a little itchy, you know? Well, my thoughts and prayers are with you that all your eBay fantasies come true. I don't need your thoughts <laughs> and I don't need your prayers. <laughs> uh, Corey, you want to chime in with uh, something you got? Yeah, I got something a little small. I mean, as you can recall, last week was... Uh, I have no idea what you just bank- said. Last week was a bank buster, you know, so right. this week I said I wasn't really going to get anything, but I found one little thing. I had to get it. It's the Treebeard, Treebeard Funko. It's pretty sweet. He's part of the specials now. Cool. That's that's the, the, the oversized one, right? Yeah, it's a little oversized. It's cute. Whatever. I mean, it was on discount. I mean, I think it was down to like 17 bucks or something, so... It's like, yes, yes, this is good representation. Come with me, you ent. Does he smell like pine? Stay in the box, man. In the box. Oh, how dare I? I I hit a couple more Walmarts over the weekend looking for you know vintage collection stuff. Like Afra? Couldn't find anything, man. Could not, <laughs> like still all nothing but wave one on the pegs near me. It's unbelievable. I just like we are in an absolute black hole. I I can't wrap my head around it. I'm I'm going to check for you actually this week. The uh, there's a an EB Games somewhat on route to my place. I have to take a small little detour, but it's showing on their website that there is one Ahsoka Pop. Yeah, let me know. Definitely, just grab that. Just grab that if you find it. Yeah, no doubt, I'll love to have two. Yeah, you'll, I'll give you two. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Black Friday and Cyber Monday are upon us soon in America. Oh, we get it too. The retailers here have jumped on the bandwagon. Maybe they're like waiting for that. That'd be nice. We didn't get a Force Friday this year. I missed that. So you got one in May in April. <clears throat> I don't know what your problem is. Well, your Lego one? That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they dropped all the black series fish. Ah, f- ah, shut your mouth. Like the <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This is gonna go well. <laughs> no, I so yeah, my my collecting update is a big bubkiss this week. Absolutely nothing. Uh and it's okay. You know what? I, I haven't bought anything at all. Like my bank account is just, has been like steady for three solid days. I haven't spent <laughs> a dime, it's amazing. Uh, all right, so let's jump over into the news really quickly here. Did you guys know that we now have some sort of official confirmation that Resistance will cr- will actually cross over into the TFA, The Last Jedi timeline? I think we had that con- confirmed a while ago, no? No, no, we not. Well, we suspected, but we all I heard we- something a couple of weeks ago about it, like confirming that it played it into the, the Force Awakens, which would also entail the last the last jedi well the this it, the star wars Resi- resistance rewind and we'll talk about resistance right here because you know we di- i did not watch the latest episode so we're not going to recap the latest but we'll talk about resistance here in that uh last week's resistance rewind it's it, justin ridge was on it who of course is is the big the head honcho on that show and he, he where is it so this was reported by star wars underworld and he said he said in the video that because this series takes place six months before The Force Awakens, we have a lot of connective tissue to what we see in the movie. So eventually, our events in the show will, will parallel what happens in the movie. And that was the first uh, solid confirmation that we had that 
resistance will actually spill over into the into the current timeline, which I find really interesting. I guess it's obvious, but uh, what do you guys think, Corey? What do you think? Is this is, we're gonna? That, see, that means. Oh, go for it. Well, just we're we're gonna see the destruction of Hosnian Prime, but from Kaz's point of view. Like well, that, yeah, that's that a, that's was, a dark, that was... dark turn for the show coming up. Big time. And who knows, maybe he might have a role in the information of Starkiller and partially feel responsible for that. And his father's uh, a senator or something, I believe a governor. So there's a good chance he might possibly be on Hosnian Prime. So he has a chance of losing everything. Like, remember, he he's leaving his his father because he wants to leave his father's shadow and become his own man kind of at the beginning of the show, right? Like, he hangs up on him. His dad doesn't think what he's doing is good enough. So he's, you know like trying it out on his own. And I think it's also really interesting in the sense that when you think of the last Jedi, how many resistance fighters are left at the end of that movie, right? To now know that Kaz is probably still out there, maybe obviously not part of that crew, but doing his own thing. Like it just goes to show you that there are other people out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Carlos, Michelle, do you guys have any thoughts on this or you haven't really devoted enough gray matter to this this show to have much of an opinion go ahead michelle i don't think it's like it was super obvious that this would happen but i think it it, i also agree that i think it's cool because it's something that i wondered about um with regards to the show as to like whether or not it would kind of overlap or what kind of um an importance that would have in terms of like events happening or coloring how we'll view the films when we rewatch them in the future. Um, So I think it's really interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see it from a different perspective. Um, And then I always kind of love those moments that um, will kind of give you something to like look out for when you're rewatching these entities. Cause I feel like for the casual viewer, this stuff doesn't necessarily like change anything for people because if they don't think they're going to watch certain movies again, then finding out if something is going to impact or affect um, something in retrospect uh, doesn't really change anything, but for people like us, I think it's really interesting, um, especially people who uh, follow more than one uh, like entity of Star Wars in terms of like watching the animation in addition to like reading books or comics or watching the movies or the live action show. So what makes me really excited about that is that um, Disney is trying to do new things with how their different entities are relating to one another in terms of like if they're going to um, have the resistance show overlap in terms of story and timeline, then what will that mean for the films and the shows on the platform, the streaming service, the live action shows, including, the stuff that we're going to talk about soon, um, how that's going to play into the film universe versus the standalones versus the yeah, show. It's, it's, so. It is interesting how they, I, I would, I think being a fly on the wall with the story group is just got to be one of the most fascinating things in the world. Oh, I bet. 
Like, I, I can't even, especially now, like, in this current day and age, even just, like, being in the room when the people are, like, brainstorming the books before they pitch them to the authors, like, I would just love to be in development rooms, like, for Star Wars, because that would just be so cool. Oh, my God. I, I mean, it's already starting to blow my mind, because I've, like, sat around and, like, thought about how, you know, they might do things once, like, the streaming service starts, and, like, how I view the streaming service evolving from inception to, like, the future in five years, ten years' time. So, like, because I'm really weird and creepy, but um, (laughs) uh, I I literally have spent, like, hours thinking about it. So um, I think it's really interesting, and I'm really, really intrigued to see what they announce if they do start announcing things about future projects um, coming up is like how that's going to play in. Cause if they're doing it for resistance, they have to do it for, they're definitely going to do it for the live action stuff. Cause that's so much easier to like cross in. Oh, for sure. Stuff. So yeah. I think that's going to be really cool. And it's going to like add to the Easter egg thing. And it's going to add to more passionate fans who are going to want to watch more, content and so i mean if we like us yeah if we just wanted to watch star wars stuff all day like every day like we probably could in the future like we wouldn't have to watch anything sounds like heaven carlos Carlos, what do you think about uh resistance potentially impacting the films or vice versa um i don't think it's going to impact the films i think what it's going to do is just add more to uh, the canon, just the threads of connectivity uh, between what's happening um, around the main saga. And um, I, we had already heard that this was going to happen. I don't know if it was confirmed, like you said, but uh, we knew that there was a possibility of of resistance uh, meeting up with the, the Hosnian Prime destruction uh, and we would see it from the other side. We've actually, I think we spoke about it in, uh, what was it, 144, if I'm not mistaken? Somewhere anyways, the, past. yeah, it doesn't uh, doesn't really matter anyways. Um, I just think it's cool, but I, I don't I don't believe that it's going to impact the, the next movies. Like, well, first of all, there's only, as far as we know, there's only one left. So I doubt... You don't think JJ's waiting on uh, the scripts from future episodes of Resistance before he proceeds with Nine? Yeah, JJ's—he's <laughs> not even worried about his own script. That's the problem. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, I, I think it's cool. I I, I love that extra connectivity. Like, you know, I was just thinking today. I was just—I uh, rewatched Rogue One again, and um, I was just thinking that we might get something to do with Saw Gerrera in, uh, in some of the new Clone Wars episodes. Uh, you know, we might, uh, maybe we see Saw, uh, maybe we see how he loses his leg or how he gets injured or... Because well, we see him in, in Rebels, he still has his leg, so that's still up in the air. He was in Rebels? Yeah, man. Two-parter. It's, it's really good. He was, a, he, was in, thought... yeah, he was in a two-parter, and then he was again in a, a later episode where he and and uh, Ezra and Sabine were on an Imperial freighter with that gigantic kyber crystal. Yeah. So he, he was in three, at least three episodes, maybe a fourth. 
I think, well, I think that plays into that. Like, Saw picks and he saves them, and he picks them up, and then he takes them on that mission, I think. So it's, I think that's part of the two-parter. But yeah, it's like a, a kyber crystal the size of like a car that they find, like obviously going to the Death Star. He's trying to find out what's going on. And there's also the, uh, the tie-in with the... Ah, uh, what's that species? The Genotians. Yep. Click clack. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No. That. That. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Saw. Saw. I mean, Saw has been a prominent figure the last couple of years. I would not be surprised to see him pop up anywhere. Um. But yeah, with with Resistance, I think it's pretty rad that we'll see what they're going through as as the galaxy crumbles. Yeah, because like at this point, like one thing that we've noticed in Resistance is that people are still very unsure of who the First Order is and if they're actually bad guys, you know, like they just seem kind of like authoritarian in a way. And like no one really knows too, too much about them. So they haven't really made a move yet. And if they they have, like we were starting to see in the show, it's more like uh, in the unknown regions. So they're like main, they're staying out of the news kind of. Yeah, they're they're on the fringes until they're ready to strike. But it'll be interesting because we know, you know, at the end of the Last Jedi, where Finn is talking about Leia has allies, and he Finn, I don't think Finn would know. Although there is the no, nah, I don't think Finn would know about these guys. But from our perspective, up in the God Seat, yeah, maybe those are some of the allies. Now, I, I, I I'm with Carlos. There's no way this crew ends up in Episode Nine. But what if for one second? You know, I'm I'm imagining at some point in nine there will be a gigantic space battle. What if you see the fireball in like, in the same way that we see the ghost in Rogue One? What if you see the fireball? Perfect. You know that that Love would be that. pretty rad. They could, JJ doesn't even have to know about that kind of thing. Just they just put in like a, a a green or whatever the fireball looks like. You just slip that into a shot. Done. Little, they could do it in post production too. Yeah, and like. I don't know how many how many people have to approve that sort of thing, but I, I feel like that's a thing that they could just do. And yeah, that's yeah, fine, cool. Anyway, I think that's rad. I think that's that's pretty. I think it's actually pretty bold as well that they're going to tell part of that unfolding story in parallel with the film. So good on them for having these stones to go there. But uh, well, we'll move on from one spy show to another, apparently. So. In yet another act of defiance against their fans, uh, the fans that Lucasfilm hates so much, on <laughs> on Friday, Lucasfilm announced a Cassian Andor-focused series set during the formative years of the Rebellion. So thinking around the Rebels timeline, two to four years before A New Hope, like that was the big, big bomb that hit us square between the eyes on Friday. I know that we're all excited. It's just figuring out exactly how excited we are. So, Carlos, as as our resident Rogue One aficionado, how how excited were you to hear this news? Um, I liked it. I liked it. I liked that. As I was watching it today, I had that um, um, the, the thought of the of the series in the back of my mind, and uh, to see where we could go with it, and uh, I'd love to see more of. The Ring of Kafreen. I'd love to see more uh, behind the scenes. Maybe we see Dantween uh, before it's abandoned for Yavin Four. Yes, um, love that. I'd yeah, I'd love to see um, his relationship. Uh, how how we got to um, 
be in possession of K2SO. Uh, I'd love to see. <laughs> I'd love to see. Um, uh, there was one other thing that was. It's because he says it. He goes, some of us have been in this fight or I've been in this fight since I'm six years old. So I'm assuming we probably get like um, a forward yeah. or a, 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 a young Cassian. Yeah. Yeah. Young Cassian. And, you know, uh, maybe they're, they're traveling, they're refugees, something happens, flashback. the empire comes in. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe a flashback. I, I, that's one thing is just <clears throat> the Disney era for Star Wars uh, has a uh, th- there's fla- I mean Solo didn't have any flashbacks. Rogue One I, did, right? Yeah, Rogue One did. Uh, Force Awakens did, and uh, Last Jedi did. And I'm not a big fan of them in Star Wars. Same. Uh, but um, I mean the way the way Solo told the story, they could have easily done a flashback. You know with how uh kira and han got separated or you know just some of their shenanigans and they didn't do it and it it worked well so uh, i i would prefer just to see something sequentially as opposed to a flashback yep um but uh in a way in rogue one it kind of made sense because she's looking back at uh being uh on the or in the, the the vicinity of Imperials while her father's working as, as a little girl. And uh, so it kind of plays into that emotional tie, which I get. I understand why they did it in Rogue One. It wasn't as bad as, let's say, the Force Visions or as far as how Ryan completely destroyed Star Wars. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm about to crack, Kyle. It's not <laughs> yeah, so I-, I looked at it and I said, bring it on. I'm really excited to see what they could do. There's a lot of, a lot of, I'm actually more excited about this than The Mandalorian, even though The Mandalorian is, is scheduled to come out before this. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Cassian, uh, the Cassian series. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just... It sounds so real, so cool. Michelle, what's your take? How happy were you? I'm so stoked because I love Rogue One and I love K2SO and a Cassian show means more K2 and I'm so excited. I'm excited for how they meet and how they start like flying together and... Um, I also kind of love the idea of a spy show. I think um, in terms of like how far they're going to go or um, I think, I think that the show itself will probably be more sequential, but I think that television or like a series as a medium lends itself better to doing um, hopping around time and like space and whatever. Um, So I think that if they do tend to do, if they do end up doing a few flashbacks, I don't think it will be as jarring as it is in the features because in terms of the show, um, I'm assuming how they're going to do it. It's, it's, is it's going to be like a, 
I, I'm assuming it's going to be in chunks, but I don't know if it'll be like part one, part two, or if they're going to show everything, or I don't know how they're going to release it. But um, typically in shows like Flash, I don't like a bunch of flashback because it's like if it's not on the page, it shouldn't be on the stage. Like things should be happening in real time. Um, they shouldn't just tell you that it happened. Like then just show it to us if it's important. But um, but I think it wouldn't be super jarring if they did that. But I, I'm really excited about a spy show. I think that's really cool. Um, you know, some people don't like the spy part of Star Wars. So this is a show for the people who are the opposite of that, like me, who likes, you know, weird spy I, stuff. Yeah, I love spy stuff. Um, I mean, this, is, this is the opposite of, of Resistance, right? Like this is like kitty yeah. spy stuff. Now we get the at least the opportunity to do some grown up spy stuff. Yeah, and I really liked that section of Rogue One when we saw Cassian, like, shaking people up in, like, the back alleys. I loved that part of the movie. I thought it was so cool. So I want more of that. Like, I want to see, like, when people saw him, like, when they saw Cassian, and, like, why do people react the way that they do when they see him? Like, how does he start getting a reputation for himself? Like, um, like you see him being selected for that mission and dying in that way, but like, how did he become the person that he is to be selected for that mission with Jin? Like, you know, that stuff, I think that's going to be super interesting and how he's going to meet all those people. And like, you know, in terms of like the timeline, um, we might see a young Han or like people who are involved with Han. Like we might see, you know, a young, uh, Emphis nest. Who knows? Like the opportunities are endless. This is going to be amazing. I'm so, yeah. I'm like getting more excited. The more I'm talking about it. Well, this is so the I point. We're going to be hyping this thing up. It, it's going to be amazing. Like, because I didn't, I, I can't remember, um, but someone said that the timeline in terms of, like, uh, Han Solo, like, going into, like, the end of Solo, like, it, it overlaps with the Rogue One time. So, or, like, at the beginning, or partially, like, the people in Rogue One existed at the same time, like, right around that time period. I don't know. They, they, Whatever. Yeah, they can... Like, can those work. people in that solo, like, world, like, what about Kira? Like, what if Kira shows up? I mean, like, even if they just talk about them, it would be cool. For sure. Like, For sure. But, I mean, I'm just really excited about K2SO. I, well, geez, <laughs> I let me... So much. I think we, t- we take it for granted he'll be there, but let's, I mean, let's let's hope that he's actually there. I mean... As least- Alan Tudyk. Playing oh role. my god like it's him Seriously. or bust and um uh, uh, always like alan tudyk can do no wrong in my life and in any life i think he is just a god amongst robots and droids and i i just like even if they don't show give it to us in the beginning like by the end of that series you know k2 is gonna be there so I know that at some point that show is going to give me K2. If I stick in and I give it and dedicate my viewership, hopefully that will be one more step towards a potential K2. Well, you know, I, I would love to have seen Cassian and K2 meet on screen, but yeah. they gave us that one shot comic, which I thought was pretty underwhelming. And I don't know if they'll just straight up adapt that or retcon it, but I'm, I'm bummed now that we've, we've got that meeting 
in a comic book where it was like, eh, it's all right. It wasn't great when now there was an opportunity to do it on screen and do it so much better. But Corey, what do you think? Uh, I think it's really good news. I liked your call on the whole thing, you know, when they had their, their big meeting there that the, we're likely to get some news and man, yeah, it, it dropped hard. Oh, so the, I don't know. The, I think, the earnings call. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever they do one of those things, something fairly big drops. Anyway, I was fairly surprised at such another big announcement, especially right off the heels of the last things they've been saying about we're taking a step back, this and that. But this is this is another huge one to digest, man. Like this is this is big news. Anyway, I love the fact that they're filling in the time gaps of that sandbox box we're comfortable in. Granted, personally, I think I'm a little more excited for the Mandalorian just because it's still kind of in that sandbox, but it's exploring outside of what we know in terms of after Return of the Jedi. And it's new, it's different, so I'm really anxious to see where we're going with that, especially Favreau on board. This production, we haven't really heard who's directing or whatever, so that's still to be confirmed, which is interesting. I think there's... I think we're going to get some big names there. Not necessarily big, but some interesting choices there as well. Uh, the the style and tone, I, I like what you said, Kyle, that it's, you know, we've got the kids version now, and this this has a lot more potential to be gritty, like spy espionage, uh, mercy murder kind of deal. <laughs> Not the mercy murder. Yep, yep. Well, it's funny, like, Cassian talked about doing terrible things in the name of the rebellion, right? Well, that, that's a big note that I have here. Like, he's done really questionable things that, you know, at one point, like, you could see the relationship with him and Jin, you know, like, he, he's starting to, like, melt a bit and, like, show his true colors because he's had this exterior, this shell protecting himself for so long, right? And he's done these really questionable things in his life that aren't necessarily that nice, you know? So maybe we'll get some some meaning behind that. And, I mean, I'm on board with, like, all you guys said, K2SO. I mean, come on, we gotta get some of him in here. And that was a really good point, Carlos, with the dad tween thing. I think that would be really interesting. Uh, That'd be amazing. So called for, too. Yeah. Finally, get us us on Dantooine. Yeah, and give us a a glimpse of what that place looks like. And Bale, I mean, Bale Organa, total room from here. There's room for a lot of people in this. Like, uh, you guys were kind of mentioning, like, almost like MG's Nest, Crimson Dawn. Last we see Maul, right, is in Rebels. Like he's something's happened to his vast empire. So maybe it'd be cool if casting kind of they did an arc on that, you know, how he infiltrates that uh, Crimson Dawn Empire. But all in all, like uh, I'm down, man. Like I think it's really big news. I love the fact that uh, Diego Luna is, is on board. Oh, yeah. I no, think no doubt. And then the potential is there, man. I yeah, mean, that's a non starter for me. You're not going to tell a story about this character without the guy who played the character. I think that's completely, yeah, I think it's ludicrous to even consider that. Yeah. Well, get, get that guy or, or go home. Like if they want, the only way it works on a recast is if they go back to like a 14 year old. Yeah. If they go super young, like young Cassian. And, and at which point I'm like, I, 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 at which point the, the, the show loses its appeal. I would say, well, why didn't they just make this like pre-Rogue One and just get Diego Luna? So th- I think they made the right call here. Well, I think one thing, and I, I think the biggest thing for me that when I thought of it all, I was like, what can it all boil down to? You know, my my homegirl, man, like he's a Fulcrum agent. Who else do we know that is a Fulcrum agent? I don't know. Ahsoka. Like, I would love to see some kind of live action Ahsoka at one point, them both being Fulcrums. Maybe he gets her into the fold or vice versa. 
No, I don't that, know. That's, well, like, ex- that's explorable. We do have to consider that, like, Diego Luna has committed to this this series. So, like, being a film star, I mean, I, I get that it's Star Wars, but, like, committing to a show, like, the story must be really good for him to be like, okay, sure, I will commit to doing this. For basically, it, it's going to be, like, eight to ten months, if not, like, a year to to probably film this and and edit it and promote reshoots, it dreaded reshoots you know so like for him to sign on like because they're like as a film actor who like when film actors like they want to be able to be mobile for most of the year and have projects that are like three to six months but like so that they can do multiple jobs but the fact that he's all in on this show like the story has to be compelling, I think. Well, so, and you're like you're right because he he was so excited to be part of Star Wars, and then it was like exactly. it's, it felt like a one and done. And I, I I wonder if he's just happy with that, or if he always hoped for more. And I don't know if they ever had that chat that maybe one day we can do more together. But he must have been like, so yeah. But happy there's to always get that call. There's always more, and then but there's like more movies versus like more as in TV show because yeah. like you're gonna deep dive into the story and I feel like for someone who's that excited to be a part of the universe he has so much reverence and respect for the universe and the galaxy and the stories within it I don't feel like he would have said yes unless he thought the story was gonna be good enough to do like yeah, I don't think sure. he would have just said it just so he could play it again I think, I think he it's would- a given when you look at like who's controlling the property right now. Like when they, you know that they're going to be bringing the big hitters to write this stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's going to be a writer's room. So it's, I feel like there, there's something really great about multiple writers who write in the universe that will be pitching a story. That's going to be really compelling. They're all going to push each other to write better stories and to focus like, you know, the stories that really need to be told in this short amount of time that they're trying to make. I mean, because this is their second live action series, like they're going to try to make it as compelling as possible so that it's like they're trying to not prove that like themselves, but but they kind of have to. in the fact that they're doing a live action TV show as opposed to like doing the movies. And this is a character who had a movie. So well, uh, I think it's a- I think it's simple, man. They, they probably just told him in his contract, listen, you're going to get to touch Jabba. So we're cool. <laughs> and he's like, sign. Where do I sign? No, I'm just saying like that in terms of like the fact that I'm so excited for the show because like it must be really great. So, I mean, I'm not trying to like get overexcited, but I think like the the fact that there has to be, I feel like there's some sort of um not like an expectation, but I feel like the the quality will be good because oh yeah, it's gonna be so good. There's we're, already we're not gonna half ass this. Like, yeah, there's already that kind of like people who've been screening it ahead of us in terms of like the people who are getting involved with the show and committing to it. So, um, I mean, it's gonna be good for sure. Well, what's interesting to me is is sort of the the. Uh... There's like this thematic ambiguity gray area that seems to be like the tone de jour in Star Wars. And if you think when you think about Cassian, 
like he was he was on the separatist side during the clone wars and i'm i'm amazed by this through line of cassian like see, he was never on the side of the ruling power and you know when you take a, st- a step back and look mm-hmm. at who we as fans root for during the prequels we're kind of we know the republic turns bad but we're still cheering for them anyway because that's where all the good guys were kind of cited until until order 66 and then you know the the uh, the separatists were kind of painted as these terrorists and malcontents like in the prequel era we would have rooted for the for the republic to shoot Cassian down then of course again like at, at, you know order 66 happens and now suddenly we're we're on the Cassian side of things we want Cassian's team to win now the separatists become pieces of the rebellion down the line Right, like I find that really, really interesting. That flipping protagonist on a bigger macro scale is is why I think it's more valuable. Here's a hot take. I think because of this, you know, when you start out rooting for the the Republic, and then later you root for the eventual Separatists and and the Rebellion. Start when you when people come into Star Wars, start them with Phantom Menace and go from there, and let that rooting for the Republic and then flipping to the rebellion. Let that be the challenge to the viewer. I think that's, that's really fascinating. And I can't wait to see if they, if they pull on that thread a little bit. But that's kind of interesting. Like there's, there's an arc in the clone wars where Padme goes to visit a friend who's part of the separatists. Like she kind of doesn't tell the council or anyone she's going there and she takes Ahsoka with her. So Ahsoka is kind of like the, the eyes of this episode, right? Like she's, she doesn't understand how Padme can do such a thing, but then she's, immersing herself in their culture and meeting these people and like they're so nice and like their point of view is you know everything's so similar it's just they're on opposing sides of the fence right yeah and yeah star wars has been playing in that gray area for a while now like and now that that line that we all kind of hate heroes on both sides now that that line is coming into focus a little bit more saying yeah maybe the separatists yeah they're the, the antagonists in in the prequels but they they weren't so they weren't so bad, which I, I I think is really really interesting dynamic that they're building into the Star Wars galaxy so many years after. But I I'm I'm super stoked for this. I never I never thought we would be talking about this. Never. So yeah, so, some slowdown though, eh, guys? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's so it's awesome. Like you know, it's just like set your expectations somewhere and you know we put it in in cruise for the moment and bang like just hit the overdrive button again but it's I, I so think... so slow i i can't handle it yeah, once well, it's come it's gonna be like a deluge man like w- once you think of all this stuff like if they have it all ready to go and they gotta get these things ready to pr- production wise right so mandalorian's gonna probably wrap up and then we're gonna get cassian like boom probably not too long afterward you know well i wonder if this is sort of a soft confirmation that we won't get a film in 2020 which makes me a little bit sad. Like they'll want, like you know, if if they leave the Star Wars slate empty, and if they have to confirm something really soon, if they want to get a movie up for twenty twenty, like this, you know, they'll pull, or like Disney will do a full court press to get people on the Disney ser- streaming service, which is now called Disney Plus, I think. That's right. And uh, they'll use this this Cassian series as as one of the uh, the big anchors to pull people in. It's actually Disney edition. <laughs> oh, thank you for the clarification. 
Okay, so let's let's go really quickly. Yes and no's to these questions. K2SO, yes or no? Corey? Yes. Ben oui, tabarnak. Michelle? Why would anyone say no? <laughs> there you go. Uh, Mon Mothma, Michelle, yes or no? Yes. Carlos? Yeah. Yes. Corey? Down. Totally down. Sorry, I guess I, I, I didn't frame this properly. This I'm asking is if you think they will, not if you want them to. So I, mm. I, are you st- you're still yeses? Okay, Mon Mothma. I don't. I don't think Mon Mothma makes it in, but I'd like it. I could. Th- I could see her. I'll, I'll go with a yes. You know, if Bale can make an appearance, so can she. We got the actor for it still. I think. No, we. Uh, yeah. No, we don't. Uh, she. Yeah, she's. Yeah, we do. Sure, of course. She would still, yeah, why not? I'm. Yeah, I'm a yes to both so far. Uh, Corey, Bale or Dana? Bring it. I mean, again, Jimmy Smith is right there. Let's 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 utilize that. Carlos. I'm not sure we get the senators. I'm not. I'm not sure we're gonna. We'll we'll get a general or two probably. But um, I think they're gonna want to stick to the the dirty side of the rebellion. All right, Michelle, Bail Organa. I don't know. I kind of. I see it potentially happening. Yeah. I'm. I'm a yes on Bail. I think that that'll be one of the draws of the show. Uh. Michelle, yes or no? General Draven. Mm, maybe. Fair enough. Carlos? Yeah, for me, it's a definite yes. He's going to be in it for sure. Absolutely. Corey? Yeah, I'm going to say yes as well. Like, why not keep these, you know, these people haven't aged all that much. So to keep it familiar to our eyes, especially if these guys are looking for work. I don't know if he's looking for work, but I, <laughs> these, are, these are all, I mean, we may not recognize everybody, but. They're, they're name brand actors, but Cassian and Draven seem to have a pretty tight relationship. So I think that it's key to have Draven back. Uh, dicier choices. Michelle, Enfys Nest. Yes. You think they'll do it? I think yes. Wow. that's I, I want it too. That was one of the first things I tweeted when they announced this. Uh, Carlos. I mean, I already I already said it earlier, so I'm a double down. Yeah, you got to double down. You're, you're in. Carlos. Uh, so tough. So, so tough. Um, I would like to see it, but a part of me wants to see that whole cell have its own goddamn show. Yeah, I I have to say I'm going to follow right in Carlos' footsteps there. I'm going to say Empty's Nest is going to get her own Robin Hood-esque show and let's kind of... I mean, yes, there is some connective tissue there, but let's 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 her popularity right now is probably not gone gone unnoticed or popularity. And um, I I think it would be cool if they introduced Enfy's Nest in this series like they did the Punisher in Daredevil. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say back for pilot and then spin it off. Onto its own show. Oh, I think I think no. if they set it up that way, then it's episode good. Eight, I'm it, gonna call episode eight or nine will be backdoor pilot. That's usually when they slot the backdoor pilot. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I need to go lay down now. <laughs> oh, we're bringing that. We're bringing the heat, Kyle. We're bringing the heat. Oh, jeez. And emphasis in this show in any capacity would <laughs> would just break my brain.
And if, if you're going to do Emphy's Nest and there's the whole Crimson Dawn tie in, I mean, doesn't that think you think Maul might be a part of it, you know? I don't know if they go there, though. I think like, I don't Cassian know if they is... would go that high what if it's What if it's Emphy's Nest who brings down Maul's empire? Maybe. I don't, I, I, I don't, I see Cassian is, is fixated on toppling the empire. And we can also see that as a subplot in a second solo movie. So we gotta we gotta pace ourselves, guys. We can't go now. Can't blow our load everywhere. Like <laughs> whoa! <laughs> oh, whoops! <laughs> Sorry. It's, uh, it's no, a family show. Uh, how about how about well? I mean, staying close. Michelle, to you F- just dropped the f bomb like three times. <laughs> <laughs> what? Let's not. Let's not around family. Let's not pointy, pointy, finger, finger, okay? F is for family, guys. Yes. <laughs> season three coming it's dropping. Soon. Yeah, dropping at the end of the month. All right, Saw Guerrera. Corey, yes or no? Negatory. Carlos? I think it's a no just based on what we hear Cassian say about Saw Guerrera in exactly. Rogue One. Like, there, there's no connection Mm-mm. between the two characters. Um... He knows where he is. That's it. You're yeah, paying, he's, he's you're paying attention, sir. Yeah, it's more Jin's story. Uh, yeah. I did my research, man. What do you think? That's, no, that's that's good. You think, you think I'm just a pretty face? What? I mean, and a definitely velvety, not. silky, velvety voice on the podcast? No, man. With, with your tufts I bring... of hair? With tummy. Yes. Son of a... Michelle, Saw Guerrera, yay or nay? No, no. I don't uh ahsoka yes or no this is this is the big one now yes you think this, yeah, the, you think this is where they work in the live action ahsoka uh well i don't care they just better put her in something live action or else i will freaking revolt <laughs> at one point we got to see it. it it makes kind of sense here i mean come on the whole fulcrum thing even if it's just for an episode or a shot one scene Give it to us, man. Come on. I love that character so much. You think they do that, though? Like, go the whole distance of bringing Ahsoka in and then just giving her one episode? Well, here's the thing. I I thought about it as we were speaking, and it would steal, like, a buttload of thunder from Cassian. Like, the show would become, you know, change, divert all focus the way The Last Jedi was. They talked about Luke saying, you know, he's a scene stealer. Like, everyone's going to be focused on that as opposed to Rey. Could be the same it's, thing here. It's the here. same problem that they had with with Ahsoka in season two of Rebels, mm-hmm. where they they had to use her very sparingly because we're all so fixated on Ahsoka. But it was, you know, it, it's Ezra's story and the Ghost Crew story. It'd be the same thing here, all over again. But at you know times ten because it's live action Ahsoka. But it, maybe it's maybe that's another backdoor pilot thing. I, guys, I, I'll be honest with you. I think the way they set up this character. Being Anakin's Padawan, uh, her leaving, her coming back, uh, the world between worlds. Um, I'd be surprised if they, if if her first live action is not on the big screen. I I, I really will be surprised if. I no, I think if, I agree with you. Just give me a silhouette, man. <laughs> Like, that's a toilet. Or no, sorry. What? What's a ter- Togruda. Togruda? Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. I'm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think she's too much of a, of a hot property to. Yeah. That's exactly. I, I, I'm not going to use the word waste because that's not fair. But I mean. Yeah. You. You could 
You could sell so much more uh, with a big screen. And then maybe later on, you know, you'll have tons of connective tissue with other properties. I don't know. I, I But I, I agree that we do need to see more of Ahsoka in some capacity at some point. I'm just hoping it's big screen. Yeah, I'm right there I with think you. the thing with the big screen that's a challenge, though, is that people don't this is like me. Uh, this is me saying this as like someone who would die to see her live action is that I think because Hollywood is misogynistic and she's a woman and she's an alien. So and she looks the way that she does. I don't know if they would feel right now that she could carry a movie on her own. Like, I think it would be dependent on who was in the movie with her and who they cast as her. I'll give then, a, like, a, I think a, that's the challenge. The way I see it is somehow she pops up in episode nine. And if she's in episode nine uh, or um, I think we, we talked, we, we, we talked, we talked about, we talked about Carrie Russell. Yeah, but do they age the same as humans? I'm not sure about that. Anyways, um, we, we talked about how Carrie Russell could be uh, Ahsoka's Padawan. Uh, well, I, I mean, I think I brought that uh, that theory to the table. So if you have her uh, being spoken about in Nine, then true another series of movies later on. We know it's not Ryan's uh, trilogy, but maybe uh, Dungeons & Dragons guys are gonna are gonna hit something <laughs> are gonna hit on, on those notes but you can always mention her or like Corey said maybe a silhouette of a I worry though that like do you think when they said that this is the end of the Skywalker saga that that would preclude them from doing an ahsoka movie just because she is no no related in the sense of a lot of her story is with Anakin. No, I don't think so. I think the way, what she's become like the power that she has now, who she is, like, I think there's just so much more potential there that she's become her own entity. Another problem with that I find too, is that us, we love Ahsoka, right? But there's a lot of big star Wars fans where you'd be like, Oh man, Ahsoka's the bomb. And she'd be, they'd be like, uh, what? So what? Ahsoka who, you know, so there's that issue too. Like, yes, we as major fans, like, are big fans of her, but the I would say the great majority of the viewers, audience viewers, like, wouldn't know who she is whatsoever. True. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. It's it's a delicate issue, I suppose. Like, we, yeah, we hardcore fans want her badly, but where do you where do you insert her into the story? Yeah, that's it's, why it's, I'm it's saying tricky. like. I don't know how I, that's that's the the difference though because like I don't know if if they they would feel comfortable starting a big movie with her without maybe testing her in live action first. That's what I feel like. I feel like they would test her in live action, and if people were really excited about it, not just the fans who know her, but like fans coming into this show because they love rogue one because rogue one in terms of like people who liked it i feel like rogue one has the most people who enjoyed it who are fans of the new stuff as as also like fans who are like diehard ot and i feel like 
a Cassian show might be where people think they can try to appeal to not just to like more and a more expansive group of Star Wars fans, let's say. Yeah, no, no, that, that, that also makes say. sense. I'm saying in terms of the Disney aspect of it, in terms of marketing. So I'm feeling like maybe they're like, okay, well, let's let's test Ahsoka here. Like, here's a light, here's a test light of like a film audience. Let's see how she does here. If she does well, then maybe let's give her her own movie. Because I I don't know if they're gonna. Because you know how we're talking about like how the platform might change the Star Wars story movies, like the one-offs, how they might become like a sort of, in my mind, I think they're going to be like a Netflix original movie type thing. I think maybe they might do an Ahsoka, like Disney Star Wars platform original movie. I think that that's what's going to happen, to be honest. That's totally possible. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that that's what will happen with her. And then through that, then she might, become like a group character in one of the future theater theater theatrical movies i think that's how i think it's gonna play out so i think that if she ends up being on a live action show because they're all gonna end up on the platform i think that they could test her on a show and then give her her own original platform movie and then she would go off and spin off into some live action theatrical stuff but like i don't know if they would carry her like they would give her a theatrical film off the bat yeah that just that makes she no, you present have, that really well it makes total makes total she sense she doesn't have a facetime with the rest of the fans as she does with a lot of us it's who, a, yeah, that's, a, that's a tough sell uh, yeah, okay let me let me get through the end of my list here this one i think if it's if we if we're no on ahsoka or I mean, we, we all want, but we don't think. But how about Hera? I'm I'm a yes to like and, and get. I just do it. I want it, and I think, God damn it, they're gonna do it. Put us put Hera in the Cassian show. I'm a yes, Corey. I'm gonna go ahead and say no, just because of the timeline thing. Like we know where Rebels ends and Rogue One starts. There's all we don't know the definite timing there, but there's not much time in between. So. If that were the case, it doesn't give Cassian's story much time to be played out. I think it's going to be played out over a longer time period. Uh, if anything, it would be toward the latter seasons. Again, we don't know how long the show's going to run for, but uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and say no. They call it, it during the for- formative years of the Rebellion, which that's that's a, that's pretty ambiguous. I'm calling it, you know, I'm going to say it, this runs parallel in time to, to Rebels. So like four or five years out from A New Hope. And onward. Maybe a mention, but uh, again, I, I feel like the Ghost Crew and the Phoenix Squadron, they really operate independently. Like, they're their own force unto themselves, man. I, I would just let, even just like a, a scene in the war room, in the briefing room, just to have her around that table with uh, General Dodonna yeah. and, and Bail Organa or whoever, just to see those the captains and generals got gathered around. She doesn't have to yeah. speak. It's just seeing her on screen. I would. That just, would be beautiful. Ah. Uh, freak out carlos uh, i agree i think we see i think we see here i think they th- there's no accident that they named her in rogue one uh she's in and around um but they only joined the rebellion later on really you know like she's kind of a part of it but the ghost crew in a whole it's like maybe the end well it's the end of season one i guess 
Yeah, so I'm there's not, a few I'm not, years uh, there. I don't think it's her role is going to be integral, but I think they are going to put a lot of Easter eggs. And I think her, I think Hera is an Easter egg. I, I don't think Ahsoka is an Easter egg to me because she she's so much bigger. She's a, a force user. There's so much more Star Wars about Ahsoka than than Hera. And I'm not downplaying Hera. I think she's the best pilot in the galaxy. But um, yeah, I, I just think that because we know that she survives uh, later. Um, with the way they they and they tied up uh, rebels, we know that she's late. She she's available later, so we'll we'll probably end up seeing her later. Uh, maybe in a Mandalorian show. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're gonna we're gonna get uh, uh, Jason. Uh, what's uh, Kanan Jarrus's uh, real name? Caleb Doom. What was Caleb his name? Doom. Yeah, Caleb Doom. Yeah, so we're gonna get a we're gonna get a uh, a J- what's his name? Jason. Yeah, Jason yeah. Sindula, their son. Yeah, exactly. So we might uh, we might get some connective stuff in the Mandalorian. That would be nice. For oh, <laughs> of course, it would be nice. Anything would be nice. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, what do you think on Hera? I think actually, I like. I think Hera is more um, possible to pop up than Ahsoka, regardless of whether I want Ahsoka or not to pop up. Um, maybe, but I mean, I would always welcome a Hera pop up. I like Hera. That, that would mean Chopper's there too. Mm, yeah, that too. Oh yeah. Uh, what about uh, Vader? Is no, Ka- is hell gonna- to the no. Hell to the no. Hell no. Is, that, is anybody yes on Vader? That's never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. Hmm. Not gonna. As, that, definitely not in the first season. Hmm. You don't think they put Cassian in a situation undercover where he? Whoa, boy! There he is. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's that's more of a season two, like uh, season, season two. finale. Yeah, season finale or uh, just before. I'd like to see a live action Inquisitor. That'd be kind of be cool. Yeah. Well, they. I don't know. They would have a place in this. That's. I, I think it's harder to justify. But what about what about Tarkin? They've got the technology to do it. No, too expensive. Really? I think 100, so. 100 million for the episodes? Too expensive? Cool. 100 million. I mean, again, he he doesn't have to have a huge role. This is just something that has to be very, very tiny. That just you In Revenge Tarkin. of the Sith, you see Tarkin, right? Yeah, they used a, a, an actor that looks nothing like him. It looks like he has leprosy or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that guy looked absolutely nothing like Peter Cushing. No, but it's supposed to be Tarkin, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. We all agree that that's supposed to be Tarkin. So, uh, why not? Why not have him just pop up in a scene where you have uh, somebody who's infiltrated the inner circle of of the Empire to to get close maybe maybe we get some Mads Mikkelsen maybe we get a little bit of Galen yeah 
Maybe his brother. Well, you got to figure that's got to be part of this, right? Like tracking down uh, Galen Urso, I I feel like was something that cost the rebellion a lot of uh, of time and resources. So maybe this is Cassian's quest the whole time is to get deep enough undercover to to find out where Galen Urso is. So maybe he does pop up here or there. I'd be yeah, I'd be down with that. Uh, any more on the list? Any other names I forgot you guys want to throw out there as a, as a Thrawn. I don't think it's possible, but I think it's, it's plays in that timeline. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a big possible. name and I'd love to see a Chiss on screen. Just that, that luscious blue skin. <laughs> wow. I, 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 I don't know. I, he's, he has very chiseled looks that Thrawn. I think it'd be, uh, uh you mean chiseled. Yeah, something like that. You see what I did? Oh, boy. <laughs> did, did it just hit you? Yeah. Oh, oh you. You got me. I think I may, I may have renamed the episode. Chiseled. Chiseled. Like uh, anybody else? Kira? Kira. I mean, if we do the whole mall thing, yes. But that... Kind of like Carlos had said, it kind of takes away if we ever want to go back to it on film. Yeah. All that hmm. Lando, him, Cassian, and Lando in a card game. Boom. Uh, Cassian doing his Bond thing. Come on. I don't see Donald Donald Glover being on a TV show, other than Atlanta. Atlanta? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. What other you mean. than Atlanta. No, I, yeah. I just I just popped in there, but it kind of I mean espionage cards bond like no, that'd be a nice homage. You're, you're, yeah, you put it that way. That 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 makes sense. They could do that. I, I don't know if if uh, Cassian's any any card got any card shark in him, but that could I certainly see, do. I could just see Cassian. I got a little itch to the right. Hmm. <laughs> That's Maz Mickelson, by the way. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's actually him in Casino Royale, the bad guy. No, it's 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 Le uh, he's Le Chief. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Of course, I'm right. <laughs> I'm saying, that's, that's the scene where, like, that that's such a brutal scene. Oh, oh yeah, it's disgusting. Oh God, I would. I just. Be- I will watch it again this week. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> so good. So- I know. I'm gonna think about it, Donald. So what do, what do we think of this Disney streaming service overall? Like, ever since they announced this slowdown, like in my brain. Now I I feel like only event style movies go to the big screen, and I think the streaming service becomes so much more important in terms of like this Revenue. is where we're going to put content now. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. gonna, like this is going to be a buffet, so you better come and subscribe. Mm. I'm really curious. Again, they like this. All the news it's like it's dropping sometime this year, and I'm like, really? Like. Well, maybe next year. Like, we have no idea. And we know, like, obviously, there's going to be tiers, I think, as well. Like, you want to pay this much? You can have access to this. This much, you'll have access to this, which uh, is kind of scaring me. I, I think there was a bit of something on that. Like, that, uh, I don't know if it'll be one full membership that like, you're going to have necessarily access to everything. Like, oh, they better not do that. Well, like, there's probably like a low end version, and then you can pay up for uh, like no commercials. Or, that's or like 4K access or something. Yeah, so I think it's going to be just like different sets of 
like whatever. Like if you want to stream without commercial interruption, then you pay like an extra five to 10 bucks. Cause I know they do that on Hulu and then, um, yeah. And then it's probably like level of streaming and how much content you want. Like if you want the kids stuff in addition to the live action stuff, or if you want, I think there's going to be, there's like five different tiers, right. That they're, that they're trying to, that they're putting under the, the, the the umbrella, the umbrella of Disney plus, and there's going to be, um, all the new live action stuff. There's going to be old stuff, uh, old stuff, old movies, uh, kids and, uh, something else. I think there's five different, uh, yeah. Oh, I, sure. I think what I think what we can bet on though, just even if you wanted to get, let's say, you get the entire package, you get all five tiers, whatever it is. I think it's still going to be priced lower than Netflix as their main competitor. No, no, just they definitely they confirmed that. So. They, I know they said that, but I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I think that's yeah, going to be. It could be the base level rate. Here yeah, I think the base level the, is going to be Netflix priced, and then you go up from there. I would hope that's not the case, and I hope that it's, top tier is less. It'll be less. like a car commercial where it's like they show you the top of the line with the, with the big mags and like the sport package, and they say starting at like seventeen nine ninety five, but like mm-hmm. the model they show on screen is actually like thirty eight thousand dollars. I think that they're gonna they're, they'll do something similar where yeah sure yeah, our, our our base level is uh, you know eight ninety nine a month. But you get that'll be pretty nothing. dissuading to people. Like I don't, I don't know if they'll go down that route right away. They want numbers and they want high numbers. Like look at the Netflix. Uh, look at how much revenue Netflix generates. Yeah, like, but they, like you need to know that like Netflix started somewhere and they continued building over time. Like you know, not only that, they've been operating at a loss for quite a few years too. What uh, they were for sure. Like yeah. now, at the not beginning, so much, but like, but no, no, now no. They, even the last couple of years but, with yeah, the way but, they expanded. Because they're putting a lot of money into development. Like, and if it's, if like, for example, like if you are pitching a show or a series that's between like micro budget, so that's between three to 5 million ask, then Netflix just green light stuff. Like they, if they like your concept, like they'll be like, okay, cool. Make that movie or make that show. And if we like it, then we'll give you a second season and we'll up your budget. But like, a lot of the projects that they're pitching are like micro budget. So basically like they're just giving out money to a lot of these content people. And then they're seeing how it kind of like works out. And then when they have people that they, that are consistently producing stuff for them, then they start giving them more money. So like in the last few years, because they really pushed to start doing more um, original film content, then they just gave like a bunch of money, like they invested a bunch of money into creating new content in the last couple years. Um, well, so they, didn't yeah. Netflix their their market cap was for a, like one hot minute was ahead of Disney's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. this year, and it, I mean it, yeah. it didn't last, but yeah, it was. They were like tied, and even at the end of the year last year, it, there was not much difference between the two. So that's why fingers crossed for me personally. I really think that Disney's going to like walk that fine line and they're not going to ask a big ask at the beginning just so they can get people on board. You know what I mean? They they want the more numbers, the better they're going to do. So I don't think they're going to try and dissuade people by making it too pricey. Well, they'll, they'll make that base level enticing. Like it's going to c- comprise of a lot of stuff, but then slowly over time, they're going to give you reasons 
to you know to upgrade. They're they're going to be like, masters of the upsell. That's that's how like, that's going to work. Like, I'm sure. Like EA Games or EA Sports, Battlefront. Well, let's hope they've learned a lesson about that. Exactly. But, I mean, they'll have to be careful of, of how they approach it. You don't want to make it sound like you're, you know, you're, you don't make it like a bait and switch. That's that's dirty. But I feel like, the, you know, you'll get a lot of stuff. You'll get value at whatever tier you jump in at. But some stuff is just is going to be in there at a premium. And maybe maybe it's the kids stuff that puts it over the top because moms and dads. I kind of agree they, with you there. They, they just fall apart when the kids start freaking out. Or think about this, man. What if you pay top dollar for the keys to the Disney vault? You know, like a lot of times they, they put movies on the shelf for 20 years. Let's say like, here's the keys. Watch any Disney children's film that's ever been made. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so let's let's wrap this up here. We have that we know of as of today. Resistance, Episode 9, Clone Wars, Mandalorian, the Cassian Andor show, which made it sound like a, a talk show. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Johnson's trilogy and the Dungeon and Dragons guys. Like, <laughs> this is bonkers. So good. I didn't so mention good. there's no mention of video games or, or VR, which is gonna become increasingly important. Comics, novels. Like this is this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. But I'm I'm so excited for this. And and that's to say nothing, you know, as, as nerds in general, to say nothing of the Loki show or the uh, the Falcon and uh a Bucky show that's been confirmed. Like the star Wars is just part of it. There's, there's so much more that's going to go with it. This, this, this is nuts guys. And it's going to cost, this is going to cost cable providers a lot. I think I really think this is going to end up like from we've already, my wife and I've already discussed, like we're cutting, cutting, we think we're going to be cutting cable once this, this service drops. And it's running with Disney Plus and Netflix. All right, guys, that was fun. It sounds like it sounds like we might be excited for Cassian Andor. All right, so we had we had actually more to talk about today, but uh, we're gonna I think we'll bump it to next week. We're gonna have already a pretty robust set of show notes for episode one fifty two because we'll we'll take our break now, and then we'll come back and we've got uh, a question from Dan Miles that we'll tackle. And then we'll, we'll wrap things up. Hey, Tumbling Saber listeners, I hope you're enjoying this great podcast. This is Devin Cleffer from Outer Rim Originals, your online source for limited edition Star Wars artwork from officially licensed Disney and Topps artists. Each Outer Rim Originals artwork has the industry's lowest run of only 45 prints. All limited edition pieces from Outer Rim Originals are printed on archival quality Z-Clay paper, are hand-numbered, signed by the artist, and include a certificate of authenticity from Outer Rim Originals. And because you're a listener of this podcast, Outer Rim Originals is offering you the opportunity to purchase a limited edition signed print with 10% off of your order. Simply head to OuterRimOriginals.com and enter the discount code TumblingSaber, the number 10. That's TumblingSaber, number 10. Then get ready to be the envy of the galaxy with a limited edition signed print from Outer Rim Originals. Remember, OuterRimOriginals.com, discount code TumblingSaber10. That's OuterRimOriginals.com, TumblingSaber10. Now, back to the podcast. All right, there goes Devin from Outer Rim Originals. Go check out the site. Go grab yourself a Luke print or an, uh, an Adat from Hoth print if you so choose. But at least, at least go check it out. 
Tell him, you, tell him we sent you. All right, so Dan is in with a question. Mr. Dan Miles, he writes in, Hey guys, quick question for the pod. Did Palpatine view Anakin as simply the most pliable tool to help him destroy the Jedi from within, or did he have the same faith as Qui-Gon had in that he was truly special, Jedi or Sith? And did he did his defeat at the hands of Obi-Wan really change the course of his vision of what their future was, futures would hold? Was Palpatine himself partly to blame? I'm sure this has been discussed before. I don't think it has. Uh, but thought it would be thought it would always be cool to revisit. All right, so Michelle, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Spotlight's on you. What do you think? Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Um, I need to look at that question again. Um, it's so long. Um, I don't think that it was just that he was like the simply the most pliable tool. I think that would make. I think that makes Anakin seem too unimportant. Um, I mean, is there a level of convenience? Probably. I mean, Palpatine, I don't know. His brain is very complicated. And I think, like, I think... I think it's important because um, I don't know if it's, like, the same exact faith, but I think that the Sith Sith is, like, a faith, too. I feel like they... Because they even... They talk about it, too, in that it, it, it had to be him. Isn't that the language they use? They they, they say that it it's, it's important because he has... Um, the power within him and he's an important like he has a great strength to the force um so i don't think it's just that he was most convenient i'm sure there were probably more convenient people that would have worked a lot easier for palpatine that didn't have more of the complex ties that um anakin did but like i don't know i think well it's a good question right I mean, it's a good question because, like, I mean, you could you could also just like go down each path and be like, okay, well, well, what if he was the most pliable tool? Like, what if we take that down the road? Like, if we do that argument, I mean, we could, I mean, we could argue for each one, but I think it's probably like it's probably because there there is no one specific clear-cut answer i think the answer is probably like a mixture of many things and um sure was he pliable probably to a certain extent um clearly he was because he was wrestling inside himself and he did make the decision to switch sides so i mean you know clearly he was pliable to a certain extent i mean it it how you frame the question oh it's so complicated well let, let's i i I'm, I'm pretty sure Corey's got layers to add to it yeah i mean i'm just it's it's complicated in my mind i don't think that he was the easiest option though i don't think it was that simple what do you think Corey? i don't know i think the answer is kind of one and the same uh i think when 
he first sees and hears of Anakin, like catches wind of he's just becoming chancellor at the end of the Phantom Menace, stating, you know, we'll watch your career with like great interest. I think there's really something there. I think so much so that he's most likely being Palpatine, being as powerful as he is, he's most likely had visions of this kid, seen kind of the plan. But we all know something about Palp's visions is they they have tended to backfire no matter Granted, they probably work for him like 90, 99% of the time, but we have seen them back backfire. So in his head, he probably knew, you know, the chosen one was a part of his vision. Uh, how can he get under this kid's skin? He tried for years and years and years. And in the long run, he always most likely saw something like a vision of darkness personified, like right at his fingertips that he was able to really control. So once Obi-Wan does beat him, I don't think that was necessarily in his plan. I just think him seeing that as a circumstance of, you know, he repairs him, but it also gives Palps the upper hand in the sense that, uh, you know, like Vader's this like broken being. Now he's totally pliable. Like uh, Dan had said, you know, so I think he just has a really strong faith in the proceedings of things. And Anakin was always a big key component of that. And again, just like the, I think the presence of that in his visions or whatever it was, like he just had a huge, strong feeling about Anakin that was really hard to ignore. And it was a big part of his plans and just, it didn't necessarily go the way he thought, but it again, kind of worked out in his favor until the bitter end. Yeah. Again, complicated question. Carlos, what do you have to add? Um, I think he, he rolls with it. Uh, I, I don't believe he had like a def a definitive playbook as to how Anakin was going to help him. Cause he doesn't need Anakin. He just needs somebody. It, it's not, I don't think it's specific to Anakin. I think he, he knows that he's easily manipulated. He knows that, He's powerful, but he knows in his mind that he's more powerful. So uh, he's just using Anakin as a tool. And um, I think losing to Obi-Wan just reinforces Palpatine's um, notion that he's, he's stronger than Anakin and he uses rebuilding Anakin in the most painful way possible uh, just to remind Anakin of that loss of, yeah. of he, he, he wants Anakin to, 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 to struggle to breathe and, and, and struggle with the pain. Um, well, Palpatine gaslights Anakin 24 seven. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. It's insane. Total like, manipulation. He wants, he, like he wants Anakin or Vader under, under his boot every waking minute which which he does he gets them sorry carlos i didn't mean to cut you off there oh it's perfect <clears throat> you helped me uh you helped me verbalize what uh i was having difficulty with so yeah oh, perfect I, I i think we're on the same page in a way though carlos like you'd said like it's just the his injury is what makes him uber pliable like not only the the emotional injury of Padme, but the physical injury as well, it keeps him easily under Palpatine's thumb in a way, and it kind of plays in Palpatine's favor. 
I don't necessarily know that Palpatine knew that was going to happen, but yes, he used it run, on purpose. He did it on purpose. Palpatine did it on purpose. One hundred percent did it on purpose. To that Obi Wan defeat him? No, uh, rebuilding him the way that he did. Oh yeah, with, yeah. With the like, suit, with the pain, with all that stuff. Yeah, it played into his favor. Like I, I would think in the in the early runnings, he probably knew. Like somehow this kid is totally under my control. I don't think he necessarily knew the fight would put him in that situation, but he just saw this dark figure that was totally like his under his on his leash. You know, Palpatine is the ultimate. Um, he is the ultimate opportunist. He just he he uses what he has at his disposal. He used Jar Jar. He used so, so many. Uh, Any time an opportunity arises for him to to gain an upper hand, he finds a way to do it. That's who he is. Well, yeah, he used Padme to get himself a sympathy vote to to be elected chancellor. Yeah, exactly. He used Jar Jar for the uh, emergency powers. Emergency powers. Uh, yeah, he tried to he tried to get Ezra Ezra to bite, but Blueberry was just too smart. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, you know, I think this is a great hashtag question. not canon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, have a, I have a Lego comment coming. Uh, ooh. <laughs> like I, I don't know if if Anakin being the chosen one had anything to do with Palpatine choosing Anakin, or if it was simply the fact that Anakin had these attachment issues. Like he was already nine before the Jedi took him away from his mom, right? So did that make him? I think Palpatine. Uh, uh, read the room and knew that the Jedi Order itself had issues with Anakin. That too, for sure. Like, yeah. Or, or did Palpatine create Anakin in the first place? Right. Like, I, I think you can, you could make the case based yes. on that opera scene in, in Revenge, Revenge of the Sith. Like, Palpatine talks about how uh, Plagueis taught his apprentice everything he knew, and Palpatine never really cops to being that apprentice. But he is like he Palpatine is that guy. And he, so he taught him everything he knew, which included the ability to create life. So I think they're heavily or Lucas was heavily implying that either Palpatine or Plagueis may have been the ones to create Anakin. I don't know if there's a I don't think there's a definitive answer to that, but it, w- it would be just desserts for the Sith if their own creation was their eventual undoing as well. Right, yeah, like, for sure. Which that's the best part of it—a vision which, gone awry. Which makes the prophecy all the more interesting because the prophesized chosen one was actually a Sith creation. Like that's that's pretty wild too. Um, so so if you if you go with the idea that Palpatine did influence the midi chlorians to create life, Anakin, then I I would think that no doubt he thought of Anakin as special. You know, to answer Dan's question. But I, I think the comics make it pretty clear that Palpatine sees Vader as less than after being beaten by Obi-Wan. And I, even Palpatine had a bunch of hopefuls lined up like to see if, if they were up to the task of defeating Vader and replacing him. But they couldn't, obviously. Vader keeps on taking those people out and keeps on keeping on. But uh, yeah, what, what we do know is... Uh, Palpatine later turned his gaze to to Luke as a replacement, so he had no particular attachment to Anakin or to to Vader. It was just sort of this. He was a tool, and like Carlos said, he he needed somebody. I, I think maybe if anything, it gave Palpatine maybe an extra measure of satisfaction to know that he snatched this kid away, the, the prophesized chosen one, 
that the Sith took him. Yeah, but he also he also snatched away Dooku from the council. So it, it, I, I don't think it was so much that the pleasure of snatching him away from the Jedi and, and turning him into a Sith. I, I, it's really about, it's all about him. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, that's why I say that, because I feel like he thinks so much higher of himself now that he was able to do that to the Jedi and bring about their demise from within. Like, I think, that, you know, the more we talk about it, this is, it, it's so, so fascinating. I, I honestly think he, he, he really must. It's not just, he's had, like, he's so powerful. Like he's had visions. I'm sure of it. Like it pertaining to Anakin, he can't see the eventual outcome, but he, he always sees the gist of it and it kind of deceives him, but at the same time, Anakin has always been an integral part of his plan, and he's always kept him very close. And we see that throughout the entire series, as well as the Clone Wars, that he's always been whispering in his ear and worm-tonguing him, kind of, you know? Yeah, like, and I wonder, like, if if Palpatine or Plagueis did create Anakin, like, I wonder what that process was like. Like, I don't know if, they, you know, they get into this meditative state where they're influencing the force but they wouldn't know if they were successful in creating that life or where in the galaxy that creation would happen or when like so along along comes anakin this person with no father maybe it takes palpatine a while to figure out that holy shit this is the he's the guy that we made (laughs) so in that case he would say yeah that's that's my boy like I, i i'm gonna be able to snatch this kid up right quick just, you know, just give me a few years to, to like Corey said, worm tongue, worm tongue him, and and you know, sort of get him. I guess get him, get him on my side for future use. But yeah, uh, for sure, like for sure. Now in canon, I think Vader sees or uh, Palpatine sees Vader as less than, and I may, we may even actually end up getting into this a little bit. Michelle on when, whenever we sit to, to record journals again, we'll probably, mm-hmm. we'll probably touch on this a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think everybody brought something a little bit different. I, I, it's a great question. I, I haven't read Lords of the Sith yet. That's got to shed some light on this. Doesn't it? Have any, has anybody here read it? No, I haven't read it yet. I own it. <laughs> That's a good start. I also own it. <laughs> I, I feel there's got to be some sort of insight in that book. If you if you guys out there have read it, and you know we're missing something, let us know. I, I think this is a superbly fascinating question. Uh, but yeah, I, that's that's kind of it for me. Like, I, I got nothing else to say about that for now. Anybody it else? Back, it backfired on him, man. I'll say that. He definitely had a plan that involved him that he didn't really see the eventual outcome and just put, he went all in on and it backfired. Yeah. Like I wonder what Palpatine thought of the prophecy, you know, like if, if he thought that if Anakin was that chosen one, but now he needed to subdue him and control him, you know, to like, you know, Palpatine, I think is such an egomaniac that if if he if he believed in the prophecy and believed Anakin was that chosen one, but I corrupted him, he's now my now mine. I think Palpatine thinks he's above the prophecy, that he's smarter than fate or how whatever you want to call it. 
but I, I do I want do we want answers on this or is this is it cool to not know? It's cool to not know. I, I like that that ambiguity factor. Like let's let's leave it at that. If we ever get a palp series, even at that, we won't necessarily know. But I, I would think that the chosen one one's name would come up if that were if it were his show. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, in the this uh, the the cannon fodder I just dropped, like you know, the, there's questions in there that we don't have answers to. And damn it, I'd like to know, but damn it, I also like not knowing because it's fun to talk about. All right, Dan. Well, I, I've been on board saying that I want a Palpatine prequel. Like, I definitely want the rise of of Palpatine, and maybe there's more answers there as to the Sith's interpretation of the prophecy uh, compared to the Jedi's. And they probably both write in the long run. Uh, I would just, uh, yeah, I, I would love to actually uh, get that ambiguity uh, completely erased. There's enough unanswered questions in this world. So give me the answer. Now. Yeah, who am I kidding? If you put the answer out there, I'd, I'll, I'll gobble it up for sure. All right, guys. Uh, I'm done. the voice of reason tonight. That's scary. Were you? I don't know. Because that is scary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that that's a, it's, that's not, it's not an outlandish thing. Um, definitely not. I was just <laughs> just trying to just trying to play that last point. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're done for the week. It's episode one fifty one in the can. Thank you so much, Dan, for the question. And you guys out there, if you have a question for the pod, send them in to us uh, to tumblingsaber at gmail dot com or just uh, DM me via Facebook, and uh, we'll we'll get that in the show notes. Rick had a question in as well. But uh, as you can see, we've we've bumped topics and we've bumped questions to next week, so we are we're pretty good to go already for next week, and I like that. All right, so thank you, Rob, Mr. Wade, for endorsing this podcast on emotionally14.com. Be sure to check out Rob's site; it's it's expanding, it's growing. He's doing great things with TSW as well, and be sure to check out the uh, the E14 endorsed program. Go check that out. And if you enjoyed this podcast as much as I think we all enjoyed recording it, and if you want to support what we do, then just take a quick detour to patreon.com slash tumblingsaver and support us for just two bucks a month, starting at two bucks a month. And we we are now up to six additional podcasts that uh, we get out at various frequencies. Uh, A newsletter that exists because of powerful friends like everybody here on the call with me and everybody listening. You guys are awesome, but uh, we'd love to add your name to that list as well. So check it out. Check out our Patreon page and become a powerful friend. All right, guys. So with all that out of the way, where can we, get, we all be found on social media? Carlos. You can find me uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram at tediously underscore brief. <laughs> I have the cutest Instagram stories and evoke dreams from people that I know. Uh, no, you can find me at C Candido Music uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Find me on Facebook, Carlos Candido, and uh, head on over to uh, Patreon. When you throw a couple of bucks down for Tumbling Saber, throw a couple of bucks down for Carlos Creates, uh, where I- I'm uh, constantly uh, uploading, uh, you know, uh, pictures and behind the scenes stuff and uh, just some random thoughts. I had the uh, nice uh, random thoughts on Friday that I dropped. Um, and the main focus, obviously, is 
music. So I'm recording music every month. And as a patron, you get exclusive new tracks every month, months and months and months before the general listening public. And uh, I want to see you all over there. So come on down. Ba-da, ba-da. Forward slash CNC Music Satchery. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Michelle, please please help us out. Where where can we find you? Um, as as plugged earlier, I'm uh, <laughs> at I'm on the Twitter and the Instagram at tediously underscore brief, um, and uh, over on the Bookstagram at traveling book nerds. Um, and, uh, on the Facebook at Michelle Grandine. I think that's it. I think that's it too. And Carla, I'll, I'll reiter- reiterate what Carlos said. Like your Instagram stories are great. You have, su- you have such a great Instagram presence, whether it's on your own personal account or your, uh, your traveling book nerds. You put a I've lot of, too. a lot of effort into your Instagram presence. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not on Instagram, but I saw some of the photos you posted recently, and they're actually very nice, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. Always, always learning, always editing, always working on the Instagram grind. <laughs> no, you do it very well. Corey, where can people find you? Well, let's just start off and say you can find me first and foremost at the Tumbling Saber Facebook page. It's a closed private group where it's, it's nice and homey, and you'll find yourself at home. I love it in there. But uh, more importantly, ladies, gentlemen, you can find me at Chop Rules with a Z. Please do. Please do. And like Corey said, please come join us in our Facebook group if you have not done so already. It, every day, it's, it's we're, we're having a lot of fun in there. So come find all, th- all four of us in that group and more. Uh, you can also find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, that's that'll do it. That's how you find us. Guys, you know what? I, I, I haven't teased our november giveaway yet and i'm still i i don't know what to do yet like i know i have the two gifts for the end of the year but i don't know if i should do the big one now or if i should do the big one at the end of the year i sort of like yeah end of the year you think because if if, if somebody goes out and buys it and then wins it they're gonna be pissed or christmas you're right Mm. you know what i mean we have a sithmas special Mm. that Corey's supposed to be doing but he's not gonna do no yeah, I think I think we. Uh, I have gonna have an idea. I might run by you guys. Oh God! <laughs> He'll run it by us on December twelfth. Yeah. What do you guys think about it? What if you uh, built a, a <laughs> replica of oh, the trust Death me, I wouldn't Star? Would be asking you anything, Carlos? To scale, <laughs> and then uh, fuck. It should only take about ten minutes, right? Yeah. I'm. We're just messing with you, Corey. Bah. But no, I, I really am. I really am uh, stumped on which wh- how to attack the giveaways at the end here. I'm insulted as a person of small stature. When you say stumped, it triggers me. And <laughs> listen, you're gonna have to just put your big boy pants on, cuddle up with a box of Kleenex for 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 you know to wipe up your tears, and then uh, you know get get on with your life. <laughs> I, I can't worry about offending everybody. It's 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 too much. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to this right now too, man. Like I've been on it a bit recently, uh, just kind of like drawing a bit more recently. And every patron from here on out is gonna get a personalized sketch from Chop Rules with a Z. I like 
unfortunately, I can't draw exactly uh, what everybody wants, so I'm just going to start having a backlog of stuff that I'm just going to hand over to my big bro, and he's going to throw it in the box. I'm going to edit this out because there's no way that you're going to follow through on that. Dude, I promise. <laughs> I'm saying it live so you can hold me accountable. Just like the Sith Miss special. So wait, uh, are you saying that new people will get the sketches or future prize winners? The prize winner goes in their pack. Okay, because I was like, that's that's really mean of you to like new guys will get, but all my pals, you're gonna get no. nothing. No, no, it only be <laughs> once. It's it's a once a month deal. Like, uh, all right. Well, you you assume that we'll watch, see each other. Watch me finally win a prize pack. What's just shitty and Corey's Corey's drawing. <laughs> if I knew as you all, st- if if you win, Carlos, I'm gonna redesign the whole thing. And it's gonna be a Lego one. Cool. wow it lands with a thud okay (laughs) guys everybody thank you so much for listening to episode 151 Uh, we'll catch you next time patrons you guys are going to get journals of the willing this week and everybody else we will catch you in episode 152 thanks so much for listening we'll talk to you later struggle for the answers questions frighten me circles getting wider it's harder just to see
I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. myhealthpolicy.com New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. 